Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. So, you think you're untouchable? Word life, this is basic thugonomics. This is big, basic thugonomics. Word life. Look in my eyes, what do you see? The cultural personality. Do I have everybody's attention now? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you happen to have pressed play and are listening from. Uh, this is Chain Wrestling with Mags and Sai. I am Sai, and as always, I am overjoyed to be um, joined by my co-host and the better half of this partnership by a stretch, the best in the world to my doctor of thugonomics, the WWF ice cream bars to my fruity pebbles. And very recently crowned the Chops, Kicks and Near Falls Podcaster of the Year. The podfather himself, Mr. Mags, how are we doing, my friend? Wow, that's an amazing introduction. I thought I was going to be the John Laurinatus T. Govins, but man. Uh, but <laughs> it's a pleasure as always. Um, wow, and to be part of a multi-award winning uh, show like uh, Chain Wrestling, it's an absolute honour. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, first of all, I want to say thank you to anyone who voted for myself, um, for Mags, for any of Mags' shows, for my other show, and for Chain Wrestling as well in the Chops, Kicks, and Near Falls uh, end of year awards. It's truly humbling. It's, it's really, um, really a great feeling to know that people sort of appreciate what we're doing. Uh, me and Mags were talking about it briefly before we actually pressed the record button. And it really is nice just to know that people are actually appreciative or, or, or at least are enjoying what we're doing to the point where you're willing to click vote and, and show us a little bit of love. So I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Mags, congratulations, mate. Podcaster of the year. Thoroughly deserved, my friend. Thank you very much. And uh, as I've said on on, on other, other people's shows and then to people in private, this this isn't a, an award where I think that I am the best at all. I am only as good as the the people that I work with and the people that are, that support and 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 help my podcast. And so this for me is a team a team award. It's, it's guys like you. It's the radio techers guys. It's the talk of the tail guys. It's I mean, I'll even give props to Paul Tolly off Badlands for the little bit of help that he gives me with that show. Uh, but yeah, I'm only as good <laughs> as the people I work with. Uh, if it was just me, uh, I don't think I, I would have won any awards, never mind get any listeners. I think you're being far too modest there, mate, far too <laughs> modest. But on the topic of um, Badlands there and your, your podcast wife, as you refer to him as, um, I was listening to an episode the other day, and you used that term, referred to him as your podcast wife, as you quite often do. 
It yeah. kind of got me thinking a little bit. Does that make me sort of a bit on the side? <laughs> me, <laughs> me I feel Paul, a bit dirty about all this? <laughs> <laughs> me and Paul have a well-documented open relationship. He's on another podcast with five other blogs. So, uh, okay. do you know what I mean? There's, there, there's no rules in, in terms of our relationship. <laughs> oh, that's good. That sounds... Like you're both, it does you're both sound <laughs> yeah, we're very open-minded. Keys in the bowl and away you go. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> um, okay, moving on from that uh, little bombshell we just dropped there. Uh, <laughs> um, Max, how, how was your Christmas, mate? How's your week been? Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed this year's Christmas. I'm not really a, a, a big lover of Christmas. It's never been, even as a kid, it wasn't something I was really that bothered about. Um I, it, for me, it's more about the the, the little ones and uh, the, seeing the smiles on the the kids and the grandkids' faces. But I did get uh, a couple of uh, pretty badass gifts. I got a, a replica of my single favorite title belt in the whole of the wrestling world the the red block logo wwf intercontinental title which was only held by macho man and uh ricky steamboat and i also got a a, a bean to cup coffee machine because uh, i have a massive addiction to coffee and yeah i've always wanted a, a machine that will grind the beans and make me a brew at the same time Grinding beans, eh? We're not getting back to this keys in the bowl thing, are we? <laughs> beans, in the bowl. Beans, surely. beans in the bowl. Beans in the bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, man. Christmas is, for me now, I can kind of take it or leave it, I guess. It is all about the kids and, and so on. It's a bit of a shame that I haven't been able to see um, other family members because of what's yeah. been going on. But there's plenty of people in the world who have got it worse worse than I. Um, speaking of the kids, though, um, a little quick story before we get on to today's main topic. Uh, I've really had a realisation in the last couple of days that I am getting old and I'm no longer, um, I suppose, viewed as young and in the trends, I guess. I went shopping <laughs> with my middle daughter. Um, it's, it's like Boxing Day, we normally pop into town because they get a lot of money from relatives and yeah. gift vouchers and so on. Um, my lad spends it on computer stuff. My youngest daughter buys, well, this year she's been buying AEW figures and a bit of makeup and so on. My middle daughter, very much, um, she's very much a, I don't want to say label freak because that's not really accurate, but she's very particular about what she wears. So it's not Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she wants to go into town and go to, um, JD Sports is like her mecca. This is her favourite place. Good trainers. Yeah, trainers and tracksuit bottoms and hoodies and all this sort of, sort of stuff. So we go in there, and the um, the particular trainers that she wanted, they didn't have her size. So we were looking around, you know, at the different options they had. And I'm pointing stuff out. And I'm getting told on a regular basis, no, no, <laughs> no, no. And then some of these no's were with the expression of, oh, I've got two heads. Yeah, and I'm looking at stuff and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm looking at some of these items, I'm thinking... I can ask Tidy that. I'd wear that myself. You know? So <laughs> I, don't, point I like, don't know if saying that <laughs> would add to uh, going, oh, well, do you know what then, Dad? You're right. If you'd wear yeah. them, I'll definitely wear them. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, we, we sort of went through we went through the trainers and so on, and then she went to look at um, uh, tracksuits, and, and she's got a big thing about Puma at the moment. Um, when I was younger, Puma wasn't, wasn't thought of as being a cool brand, but apparently it is now. That shows how out of touch I am. And... Um, yeah, she's for example, she spent twenty quid today on gloves, a pair of gloves, bags, twenty freaking pound. 
That's two months of WWE Network, mate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? On gloves. Just because they got a little white bike tick on it. 20 freaking quid. You know? Um, and then she's, um, looking at the, she's looking at the track seats. And she's going, well, oh, I like this one. I'm like, why this one here? Well, it's literally, it's just plain black with the Adidas logo on. I'm thinking, I can't go wrong with that. It's plain black for crying out loud. And I said, hey, what about this one here, sweetheart? And she looked at me, looked at the joggers, looked back at me, rolled her eyes and went, I wouldn't even wear those to stay home in. Oh! And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. So I just basically, like, like I was the naughty kid who had been told off, just yeah. followed her around the shop with my gob shirt and my head down until she was pretty shopping, mate. But it was a real shock to the system that I'm, I'm very much um, out of touch now with what people deem cool, I think. Wow. It, it, it's, it's heartbreaking as well because you, you think you're a hip cool parent and then you get brought down to earth with a massive bump like that when when you're told no what are you doing go go sit in the corner i'll come to you when i've finished yeah exactly <laughs> to be honest i mean i've used the word trendy and you've used the word hip in the last two minutes so i don't that, think we are that cool we're not cool are we max no <laughs> i don't know if we, i don't know if i'd like to lump myself in that conversation i think she aimed it at you sam and i don't think she particularly meant i wasn't cool i think i'm yeah. hip I'm You're down. Hip, you? I'm down with the kids. That sounds Mags, wrong. Yeah, where, where are we going again? We're, we're <laughs> in dark territory. <laughs> Mags is hip. That's the title of the episode, mate. That's what's going on Spotify this week. <laughs> anyway, anyway, after that little catch up there, let's should we get on to today's topic. Yes, let's. Uh, a topic that for me this was smack dab in the middle of of my like kind of wrestling hiatus. Uh, I, I was checked out of wrestling in about 2016, come back to about 2016. Uh, that's in terms of watching. I obviously kept up with like, uh, uh, wrestling websites and, and kind of dirt sheets to, to know what was going on, but I wasn't actively watching week-to-week programming. So, yeah, it was a, a fun way to, to go back and look at it. I mean, obviously, this match is huge, and I've seen it multiple times, but it was uh, good to go back and watch it for, for research purposes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was a huge um, CM Punk fan. Mm. I didn't sort of take time off from wrestling when it started to really suck. I suppose I'm just a glutton for punishment, really. Like wandering around JD Sports after queuing for God knows how long just to be insulted. I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, (laughs) I I sat through Raw, SmackDown and so on, through some absolutely atrocious episodes, purely because there was nothing else for me to watch. There was no other real wrestling out there for me to view Mm -hmm. on a regular basis that I found easily accessible. There was no AEW at this stage. Um, finding we had we had TNA, I guess, but that was a bit very hit, hit and miss. Yeah, yeah. Um, so WWE is kind of all I really had. So when CM Punk came along, and I'd seen bits of bobs of him in Ring of Honor and, and so on. When he came along to WWE, I was very excited. Um, seeing him progress through the ECW WWE brand, that car wreck that was you know that awful promotion they ran with the zombies in and so on. Um, was interesting and then going up to the main roster um and and competing in the matches he did and winning titles he did i I really got on board with cm punk and this era for me this whole storyline the three main performers obviously cena punk and mr mcmahon i think all three of them are absolutely fantastic throughout the whole thing and it really really reignited my love of professional wrestling 
Yeah, and and obviously looking at it through my eyes, where I didn't watch this at all, I can understand why uh, this feud, this match, and in particular this pay per view, is held in in such high regard. Um, whenever you talk to uh, uh, wrestling fans about their favorite pay per views, Money in Bank twenty eleven is is often brought up, uh, and it's because it's it is a stellar. Uh, pay per view. I think a couple of low spots in the whole show. I think the 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 women's match um, is not good. The uh, the Kelly Kelly and Brie Bella match, and then the Mark Henry uh, against Big Show match is is it's nothing to write home about. But the rest of the card is is actually quite good, and it's a short shortish card as well. They think there's only like um, six main card matches, uh, but they're all real. It's really entertaining to watch a, a really fun pay per view. I suppose with the there only being sort of six or seven or whatever it was main show matches. Um, I think six is right actually. Yeah, six. Um, there are a couple of them on there that go quite long, aren't there? For example, the <laughs> Money in the Bank match is twenty five minutes ish. The second Money in the Bank match is just over a quarter of an hour, and obviously the match we're going to look at today is is over half an hour as well. But plus you've <laughs> got the bit at the end. So I suppose it's may be short on match number, but what they do with that time it is filled quite well with things that I find quite I find quite entertaining. Yep, absolutely correct. It's it's really well done in terms of uh, time management. There's no uh, lull apart from the, you get the the two uh, poor matches in the middle, which amount to about ten minutes or so of ring time. But uh, before that and after that, it's there's no lull in, in the action. It's it's just really top draw wrestling, especially for a time when WWE weren't exactly churning out the best in, in terms of, of product. Uh, this is a real standout for, for a 2011 WWE. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll set the scene, I suppose, a little bit before we get into mm-hmm. the actual match that won the vote on Twitter. Again, thank you very much for everyone for the interactions we've had and the the voting on our poll and the questions people have been asking. We're going to get to them towards the end of the show. But again, thank you very much for all of that. That's awesome. Um, the basic situation here going into sort of uh, late June, early July of 2011 with the WWE is you, you have John Cena is your WWE champion with that big garish spinner belt <laughs> and his fruity pebbles, bright t-shirts and so on. Um, absolutely <laughs> yes uh punk is he's still kind of tagging along with a few members of the nexus here isn't he is that correct yeah uh on the on the actual uh event it comes out and the nexus is still uh part of his uh his his, his screen name on on when it comes up uh, when he comes out uh to to start the match it still says uh yeah. cm punk the nexus that's right yeah okay um and at the time, CM Punk was kind of, I don't know how to word it, maybe edgy, I suppose, is a, is a term to use. With certain yeah, it, it, was defi- it, was definitely, it was definitely counterculture compared to uh, what, what the WWE were putting out. He, he was the antithesis of uh, what John Cena stood for. He was, well, he eventually became the voice of the voiceless because of, of what happened in the build-up to this show and then, obviously, the, the match in the aftermath. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, when I went back and watched um, uh, certain moments on the network over the last day or two to research for this, 
And one of the things that stood out to me straight away was on the June 27th episode of Raw, you had Shawn Michaels coming out to plug a TV show he was doing, and Punk interrupted him. Um, And seeing Shawn Michaels and CM Punk in the ring at the same time, straight away to me as as a fan of both of those guys, and you know, I'm a huge Michaels fan, um, I was like, oh, well, I've got to watch this. And there's just little comments that will get dropped in. Punk makes a comment about HBK having an addictive personality, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously making a little dig at his uh, demons, as wrestling term is sometimes thrown around. Um, HBK says, we're quite similar, you and I. We don't smoke, drink, or do drugs. And then Punk literally just jumps in whilst Michaels is trying to carry on and says, any more? With a real funny look on his face. Um, and that same show, we have the famous pipe bomb at mm-hmm. the end. Yes, we do. Uh, he's sat at the top of the ramp after Cena and R-Truth are in a ladders, uh, sorry, a tables match mm-hmm. at the end of the evening. Um, he ends up costing Cena that match to R-Truth. He being punk, sorry. Um, he walks to the top of the ramp sporting a fantastic uh, retro-esque Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt and goes on potentially one of the best rants that WWE television uh, has ever seen, Max. What, what were your thoughts when you were sat there watching watching the pipe bomb? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, I, I, I kept up with uh, wrestling around this time through uh, through websites and like Lords of Pain, uh, uh, net. so I knew of the pipe bomb, uh, but it wasn't until I came back to wrestling maybe five, six years later that I actually sat down and really kind of digested it and then going back over it uh, for, for research for this episode. Yeah, it's, uh, you can see... The, the real significance of, of the, the part bomb in terms of how unscripted it sounded. Now, I have no doubts in, in, in that wrestling world at that time, Vince McMahon knew exactly what was going on. I do believe that, that Punk got a little bit of kind of a uh, leeway in what he was allowed to bring up, but it just, for me, it felt real. It felt absolutely, from seeing him sitting at the top of the ramp, from him saying that uh, he doesn't even hate Cena, he, he likes him a lot more than he does the the uh, the doofuses in the back. It just felt so real like this, we've been, we've been worked here. This is a, a massive, massive shoot. It sounded like a shoot, in, shoot, um, um, shoot interview like when and then when they cut him off at the end it kind of sows them seeds of doubt even more and then in the following weeks when he's saying he's going to leave with the title refusing to sign a contract it just it it kind of blurred the lines from this being a storyline to is punk gonna run off and and take the wwe title with him what is actually going to happen here uh, yeah, I've, 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 I think the significance of the part bomb is not overestimated one little bit. I think it's a, a brilliant promo. Yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, some real gems that he throws in there as well. Like, I'm breaking mm-hmm. the fourth wall and has a little cheeky grin in the way. He even says hi yeah. to Hulk Cabana. Yeah. Um, I got a big kick out of him saying he's going to take the WWE title and maybe defend it in New Japan or Ring mm-hmm. of Honor. I thought yeah. that was great. Um, from there... Uh, CM Punk ends up suspended for the next week on the July 4th episode of Raw. 
And this is where Mr. McMahon and John Cena, I think, really come into their own in this particular storyline, in this, in this passage of time um, with McMahon and Cena. They basically close the show. They are the main event spots, John Cena and McMahon in the ring of this episode of Raw. And they're arguing about the people, Cena saying the people want to see Cena versus Punk and you're silencing him because you're a coward and various other bits and bobs there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few throwbacks to a, a few comments uh, referencing the Montreal screw job and how Vince won't allow a situation to happen like that where somebody with a contract expiring has a, the, the possibility of taking the championship away and so on. Eventually, Cena um, convinces Mr. McMahon to unsuspend Punk to, to allow him to come back on the on, but McMahon's premises. That's fine. You can have your match at Money in the Bank. But if you lose, you're fired to uh, John Cena. The following week on the 11th, uh, the July the 11th, Monday Night Raw, the last episode before we go into the actual Money in the Bank pay-per-view itself, Punk returns, cuts a very funny promo at the beginning of the show with a megaphone. Uh, we hear the line, do I have your attention now? the first time uh, Cena comes out um, and again Punk very funnily talking to his megaphone is saying as John Cena's walking around the ring with his music blaring he's saying sir I was not done yet sir I was trying to talk excuse me sir your music is far too loud to Cena as he's making his entrance which absolutely pops me that tickles yeah. me so much and then we get the um, the in-ring contract negotiation between Cena and Punk and again, Punk makes a few little comments, uh, sort of insider jokes, I guess, and um, has a little dig at McMahon about using the term what a manoeuvre on commentary and call uh, Vince McMahon calls CM Punk Phil a couple of times. Um, and we end up then with Punk and McMahon having a falling out, Cena's involved, and at this stage we're starting to see Cena getting booed quite a bit and Punk is getting cheered. Whereas at the start of all this, Punk was probably still picking up cheers, but there were more audible boos. Yeah. Um, and they have a big falling out. Punk rips up the contract and says he's not signing. And basically that takes us right into the pay-per-view and money in the bank, mags. Yeah. It was very reminiscent of, uh, of WrestleMania 18 with the, with the turn between um, uh, the rock and, and hog and how fans, Started on uh, with Rock being the the huge babyface, and and as the match went on, Hogan got more and more more cheers, and and it seems in this storyline, uh, people were really gravitating towards uh, CM Punk, and and the the almost bootlicking of John Cena was was really kind of grinding on on the fans, uh, which would lead to to him living that character for the next eight years of, of wrestling knowing that he was always have that kind of side of, of him that uh, the side of the fans that would, would never accept him will always boo him and we get the kind of rise above hate and uh, and, and and stuff like that so yeah I thought the character work from all three people like you mentioned earlier was, was absolutely just played to perfection yeah yeah I agree I agree. I mean, you said earlier on yourself, mate, didn't you, that uh, this show is is a great pay for you to watch, barring maybe the the Divas match, I guess. But there wasn't many, in their defence, I guess, there wasn't many ladies in that contest <laughs> their in ring ability. I suppose. I mean, they're doing the best they can, but it's not it's not my cup of tea, I guess. Um, yeah. 
Very but true. also, there is. I think there's a little bit of a hidden gem on this show as well. We get Christian versus Randy Orton mm-hmm. for the World Heavyweight Championship with the stipulation that if Orton is disqualified, then Orton would lose the title. Um, it, I, I think this is a great little match. I think someone gets overlooked because you have the Money in the Bank sort of stunt fest, I guess, and then the show closes with this incredible Punk Cena contest. And this, just beforehand... I mean, it gets a little lost in the shuffle. Can you remember this match, Max? When was the last time you saw this one back? Yeah, it was uh, quite a while ago. But uh, I was a, a massive uh, Christian Mark in the in the the uh, time uh, when he was part of the tag team with Edge. Uh, I saw a lot of him is working uh, TNA. Uh, yeah, I've, I've always felt that he'd never got the respect that he should have got. Um, and obviously, this comes off a. Of uh, Edge being being injured, and it was almost kind of like Christian was thrust into the title picture as a, a thank you to Edge, almost, mm. which is I felt was always a little bit disrespectful. But I think he's one; he's, he'll always go down as one of the more underrated uh, performers. And when Randy Orton is on form, he's arguably one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Uh, and in this storyline, you could tell he was he was fully invested. He absolutely um, worked so well with Christian. And and the f- the few matches that they had together, I, I thought they they did uh, they did really well. I like the finish on this one where uh, it, Orton was was kept. Uh, kept strong by not taking a pinfall loss, but still uh, dropped the belt to, to Christian. Uh, yeah, it was a, a, a really good match. And like I said, it was on a, a pay-per-view with quite a few good matches to to go on. So yeah, it really adds to why this, this pay-per-view is, is held up in such high regard. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Christian's work, I think, in uh, Impact, as it's known now, or TNA back in the day, when they had the likes of Sting and Kerrangle was turning up there and so on. I mean, that was a great time for TNA, but Christian's work there as Christian Cage, I think was absolutely superb as well. But mm-hmm. I think the guy does sometimes get a little bit overlooked because of other matches that may be on the cards that he is on or potentially because obviously his tag partner was Edge, who was yeah. going to be an absolute superstar. But yeah, it's, it's a good little hidden gem if people want to pop back onto this pay-per-view and check it out if you haven't seen it for a while. It's only about 12 minutes, but it's a good little match. It certainly um, is. Okay, so July 17th, 2011, Money in the Bank. We are here, finally, at the main event with CM Punk, with his contract expiring at midnight that night, challenging John Cena for the WWE title. The crowd here, when Punk makes his entrance, um, I mean, I put it up on the show's Twitter account, at chain underscore wrestling, and I think I might have tagged it on the uh, shows Facebook account as well, Facebook page as well. Um, the crowd here is insane, isn't it? For the, it's yeah. like the entrances, are, the entrances are brilliant. They really set the tone, Mags. I think. Yeah, I, I loved as well the 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 entrance ramp. The fact that it wasn't above the crowd uh, and you didn't have to walk down the ramp. It was it was almost the the how wide and expansive it was as well. It really kind of like um, played into the fact that this was CM Punk coming home and. And this was by no stretch of the imagination a partisan crowd. These guys worshipped CM Punk to the point where they it felt like they had to delay John Cena coming out because the crowd were not ready to to stop chanting CM Punk. I think there was about at least four or five minutes where he was just in the ring 
talking with the crowd and the crowd were just chanting CM Punk, CM Punk. It was, these were mental. The amount of signs that we see saying, if Cena wins, we riot, or if Punk loses, we riot. Yeah, this was a, a crazy, crazy hot crowd. Definitely, definitely. And we have, um, oh, actually on that note, if you decide to go back and watch this match, on the WWE Network, what I recommend you do is is you get the thumbnails at the bottom, don't you? The sort of tabs at the bottom. Mm-hmm. If you scoot across to the the last match, the Cena Punk match, and press play, you actually miss a little bit of the atmosphere because yeah. the cut comes in. I think a few seconds too late. It's worth going to the end of the previous match, and you get the little video package, and then you hear the crowd chanting and building up and building up before Punk's music hits. I think mean, that really helps if you're watching watching back for the atmosphere. Yeah, and um, I think I think watching that uh, video package that comes just before this match as well, uh, it's uh, interesting to note that they cut the mark off on the part bomb when uh, when um, Punk is going to tell a story about Vince uh, and bullying, and then that we get we get a, a video package for the WWE Be a Star. I'll, I'll, I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't have noticed that, but that was something I picked up on that. God, that's that's ironic, con, uh, considering that the the best uh, promo that you've had in years was cut off when you was just about to slate Vince for being for his bullying uh, ways uh, uh, in the company, and then you're advertising uh, a, a bullying, an anti-bullying charity. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, with the the entrances again, I, I don't want to sort of park on too much. We've got a match to cover, I suppose, but it, <laughs> it's difficult to explain to people if they haven't seen just how how impactful this this whole atmosphere and this whole this whole arena is at this moment. The, the atmosphere it comes out of your television and just grabs you. It's electric. Mm-hmm. Um, CM Punk at the time was coming down to a kill switch engage record. Uh, yeah, when this that, fire when, was it. This fire burns. It, it, I, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Did that yeah, not used to be Kane's theme tune? I remember um, it being. Was it Kane's? I'm sure it was Kane's. Before him, maybe. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. But that does ring a bell. Yeah, but when, when it hits, the, the pop is just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but you almost get like a double pop, I think, because as you touched up on the entrance ramp, you kind of. It is big and expansive with the screens on and so on. But when Punk comes out, he walks out very slowly. So a lot of the crowd can't see him straight away. So you get the pop of the music playing and then Punk emerges a few seconds later and you get another reaction as the fans see him, don't you, Max? Yeah, just everything that he did. Uh, in this build-up to the beginning of the match, was just getting massive, uh, massive interactions. He gives his T-shirt to one of the fans, gets a massive chant. He sits in the ring, gets a massive chant. He uh, there's a, a part where you can see a uh, uh, Colt Cabana and Air Steel in the front row, uh, gets a massive chant. The, the guy could have sat there and wrote, uh, read out a nursery rhyme, and he would have got a massive chant. This crowd adored CM Punk. It was It's unreal, absolutely unreal. Is his mum in the front row as well? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, at one stage, the, the CM Punk chants actually drown out majority of the music. Mm-hmm. It's not as we've referred to before, bad editing or bad audio that WCW used to have. This is just the volume of the crowd drying out the music playing through the PA system. That is insane. And then you get the other side of the coin. Um, 
Where John the crowd Cena's. the crowd drown out John Cena as, as soon as that uh, Rabadoo bit hits. Yeah, the crowd instantly like it, it's almost like a tidal wave of just just incessant booing. This guy oh. is gonna get lynched. <laughs> absolutely, I would not want to come out to that. Especially when you're the face of the company, you've held that company on your back for the last five years, and then you're coming out to a raucous boo like that. I mean, as a wrestler, he probably thinks my job's done. This is this yeah. crowd hate me. Uh, we have got them in the palm of our hands. It was oh, I've not seen Cena get booed like that ever. Just it was That's just brutal. That's what I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask. Actually, is is that the the biggest negative reaction? Uh, it was one of the biggest negative reactions I can remember, especially if it was for someone who, in theory. You, in theory, you're not booking for them to get that, are you? It's not like you're you're booking him to be a big. That this is your number one bad guy. Like you said, this is the face of the company. Mm-hmm. Is it the biggest reaction in a negative way that we've heard? The I the mean, Reigns got a few, didn't he? Yeah, I was just going to say the only ones that I can really remember uh, are going back to like the the late eighties, early nineties when we weren't quite as uh, as savvy towards wrestling characters. Uh, I think Sergeant Slaughter used to get quite a lot of uh, bad booze in that whole horrific uh, Iraqi sympathizer uh, gimmick that he he run. But if you're looking at uh, modern, Hogan saves the world. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're looking at modern day, it, the only one that that really compares to this is uh, is when uh, Roman Reigns beat Undertaker at, at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's a good show, actually. I've forgotten about that. No, the, the, well, the, the day after when he comes out and it, the It's My Yard promo. Oh, oh. That's giving me tingles how brutal that guy got abused for 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 that that tiny promo and he got absolutely booed out the building. Oh, do you remember when um Cena faced Rob Van Dam at the ECW? Oh uh, man, yeah, the twenty fifteen. Yeah, and he was, he'd throw his he'd throw his shirt into the crowd and they throw it back and he just about got four or five destroyed. times. Yeah, about yeah. four or five yeah. times they threw it back, yeah. That's another good shout. So, yeah, Cena's good at drawing heat, apparently, then. <laughs> I really take pleasure in watching people get booed who shouldn't be. I don't know why. It made some kind of sick side of me. I don't know. But watching, like, when Reigns used to, you know, they want him to be cheered and he get booed out of the building. I don't know why. I just really like that. Yeah, <laughs> it really I, I, me for some reason. I think it's a case of because you, 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 you're not, following what they want you're not like a sheep you're not following what they want you to follow it's a case of if i don't want to like him i won't like him and it's, it's that kind of mentality i think yeah yeah I, i'm not a massive reigns fan i mean at the moment it works great but i've always had a bit of a begrudging feeling towards him because my wife thinks he's the most wonderful man walking the planet <laughs> uh, but I'll, but I'll be i'll be straight with you mags a couple of gray hairs coming through or not my barnet's better than his i'll tell you that now all right, I got better hair than Roman Reigns. I'll tell you. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting back to the, the the reactions of the crowds and so on in the Money in the Bank pay per view, Jerry Lawler quite openly states in his excitable, squeaky way, um, "I don't know if there's a a single John Cena fan here. I don't know if there's a single John Cena fan in the building." As the crowd are literally chanting, "Let's go, Cena!" It's yeah. it, it's but it's just like, come um, on, mate. Do you know what I mean? 
there was a scene, a guy, uh, a guy in the front row that was dressed exactly like Cena, and he has a sign saying, Cena, come and meet Cena. Yeah. So there they were Cena fans there. Uh, it's just there were a hell of a lot more CM Punk fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, a few real sort of excellent spots in this match, but a few also I think that I, I don't want to constantly be seen as digging out at John Cena because I, I quite like the guy. I, I kind of wish he was still involved in wrestling now, but a few moments that weren't that great that we'll come to. But one that stood out to me that was quite good is uh, one stage, I suppose halfway through the match potentially. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to judge time-wise because I just got lost in, in watching the contest. Mm-hmm. There's the moment where Cena and Punk are either side of the ropes with one on the apron, one in the ring, and they tease the suplex to the outside from, from the ring apron. Yeah. Normally, this gets reversed. Uh, and we're all familiar with how this works. They tease the big bump, it gets reversed, and the guy suplexes his opponent back into the ring for even though it's over the ropes, it's very much a, a standard suplex bump, I guess. Not belittling what these guys do in any way, but it is that sort of traditional suplex bump. However, on this occasion, they actually do it. They suplex each other onto the floor from the apron, and it looks vicious. Yeah, it was a a, a, a great kind of and you um you were saying that you you don't want to rag on Cena. I thought that that. That he had a really good match here. I, I mean, Cena's gets a lot of flack for having kind of like the the five moves of doom and stuff like that. But mm. I felt that he really played up to the crowd in terms of uh, at the very beginning he went to slow the the wrestling down with with uh, arm bars and wrist locks and stuff like that. Things that that Cena perhaps wouldn't normally have in his arsenal and you could see how he was getting that that horrible reaction from the crowd but then when Punk was able to kind of reverse the hold or pull off a hip toss or a drop kicker or, or any kind of that offence the crowd was absolutely eating it up I, I really uh, thought that that was a, a clever way to start the match uh, by having that kind of almost dueling uh, crowd reactions um, and I, I think that they both held their own they both had periods where they were uh, they were taking the lead in terms of offence um, I loved go- the, when they were going for each other's finishing moves and the amount of times they each went for a finishing move and wasn't able to pull it off uh, they, this flawed really really well as a match for me i really kind of enjoyed it there was no uh massive lulls in pace uh it was it was a really well-timed and really uh well flowing match yeah yeah i think so and we had a few uh, a few interactions on twitter of people saying that the crowd made this match potentially better than the actual match it was yeah so perhaps some, so, uh, yeah I, I agree i mean the atmosphere for me is a, a big thing same as Rock Hogan at WrestleMania 18. Mm-hmm. If you watch that back, the match itself, there's not the crowd kind of makes that, I guess. Um, but we also have some moments from Cena that I'm not a fan of. Um, to me, especially when you're in such a high profile position as these guys are, I think you should stick to what you're good at. Okay. That John Cena always tries to use this awful STF maneuver that he's doing. <laughs> multiple like, times, multiple times as well. Terrible. I mean, if you're going to use it, go go back and dig out some old WCW Saturday Night tapes from like 1993, uh, and and watch William Regal, Stephen Regal, as he was known then. Watch him apply an STF. That's how it's done. 
watch Chris Benoit, watch some of these guys in um, in in Japan apply these maneuvers. Don't John Cena, please. If you're going to come back at any stage and you want to use this move again, please just do a bit of homework and have a look how it should be done because it looks <laughs> it looks dreadful. It look, and then he also uses an abdominal a, a stretch at one stage. And I can't play, put my finger on why, but it just looks weird. It looks awkward and off, and I can't figure out why that is. It just looks strange. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's because Cena's Arsenal is not usually kind of a submission or grinding kind of manoeuvre. So, um, yeah, they, he doesn't pull them off uh, to the best. But, yeah, I agree with, with the with the STF at... He doesn't put any torque in it whatsoever. He literally the puts his his arms under the chin, and and there's no stretching of the of the, of the neck or of the body. It's just it's just he's hugging him. He's almost hugging him by having the leg bent bent behind him and and like gently cradling the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a nice little cuddle in it. <laughs> a struggle nice cuddle. cuddle. Let's, let's a struggle. Oh, that's a completely different situation again, mate. What's going on with you tonight? What's happening here? <laughs> um, we've got a cool spot where Cena goes for the "You can't see me" fist drop uh, uh, move, and he leans over Punk to do the whole "You can't see me" hand wave. Mm-hmm. And Punk simply just kicks him straight in the mush, and the crowd yeah. pop huge for this. That I thought that was so simple, but it, it was great. And then on another occasion, um. Cena goes for the attitude adjustment and we have a wonderful moment of WWE commentary here where Cole declares Punk landed on his feet when in actual fact he landed straight on his arse and it's like again it's just like <laughs> why why do these things happen I don't understand why can't just just call what you see you know it's it's very frustrating yeah it, it felt that that definitely felt like he was meant to land on his feet and the script yeah. said he was to land on his feet uh but he didn't land on his feet but for, for me after uh one of the kind of stars well no stars is a, is a um is maybe putting a bit too much on it but i do like how subdued um jerry lawler was in this match Normally we get a, a very kind of hyperactive uh, Jerry Lawler who's um, who's usually like screaming at the top of his voice. And whilst we do get points of that of him in this match doing that, all throughout it was I felt like he was very subdued and it kind of like adds to the gravitas of the situation. Like he felt his job maybe on the line because if if Punk goes away with the WWE title, what's going to be come of, of the World Wrestling Federation afterwards. I did like that that subtlety. Uh, there were points where they were talking about uh, the amount of people who've held the towel, and I think they said at the time there was 40. Um, and then you get Booker who said, yeah, this I've never held this towel, uh, but it was always the one that meant so much, and I would have loved to have held it. And then Michael Cole throws to Jerry Lawler and says, you've never held this towel as well, have you? And it takes Jerry about 40 seconds to say something back. He's just like, you can tell he was thrown off it. Went, yeah, what are you trying to say, Michael? Yeah, uh, what's your point? Yeah, he got really yeah. snarky about it, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he was pissed. But yeah, I did like the fact that he wasn't his normal kind of, uh, overexcited self because of, it, it kind of lended to the 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 importance of the match. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We get a huge crowd pop. It seems like we're getting one of these every two to three minutes at this stage when Punk kicks out of an attitude adjustment, mm-hmm. and then eventually we have 
Mr. McMahon and John Laurinaitis arriving. Um, they kind of tease a Montreal screw job finish, I guess, when Cena replies that STF deaf hold and he's giving Punk a, <laughs> a, a little, a little, <laughs> a little cuddle, a little cuddle on the floor there. Um, Cena jumps out the ring to stop Laurinaitis ringing the bell because obviously Punk is not is not submitting, is not giving up, very similar to how Brett did in, in 97, I guess. Um, and then that's what takes us to our finish, Max, if you want to run through that one, bud. Yeah, so uh, like you said, we get Vince waving the the, the finger, t- selling uh, Johnny Ace to go and uh, ring the bell. It, t- from, it, it felt weird that, that Johnny took so long to actually go and run for the bell. I think he was waiting for a cue off Cena for, for when he was to go past. Uh, Cena slides out of the ring, absolutely drops uh, John Laurinaitis with a punch. That was a glorious punch. Then yeah. stands at the at the entrance uh, side of the ring to tell Vince, I don't want to win it this way. Uh, he's not submitting. The, he, it's a fart. Gets back in the ring, gets a go to sleep and uh, gets pinned. Uh, new WWE champion uh, and the crowd, I mean, we've spoke about the crowd all the way through this episode, how they they uh, absolutely adore CM Punk. They went mental. They absolutely went nuts when uh, CM Punk won that title. Uh, Vince looked distraught, absolutely distraught. Gets onto the uh, the Mac, um, says, "Come on, bring it, bring uh, Alberto Del Rio out." Because obviously he, he uh, just won the uh, the Money in the Bank for Raw uh, earlier in the show. So he's bring him out, bring him out, get him to cash in. Because Vince is thinking, "How am I keeping this title in this company?" Alberto Del Rio runs out, just gets booted clean in the face, sparked out. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a glorious, glorious move. You, you see Punk laughing his head off at, um, at, at Vince, and then the perfect way to end it was him sitting on the on the barrier, kissing Vince goodbye, and then walking out of the of the uh, arena through the crowd, who absolutely adored him. And yeah, and where where is the WWE title going to go? What's going to happen with the company? This was monumental and a perfect way to end uh, a great match and a great storyline. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, and where they went from there as well, which we won't get into uh, on today's episode because potentially we could link to it again in the future. Um, or well, I hope we do at some stage link to it again in the future because it's a real fond memories for, for me uh, watching this back in the day but where they go from here with with punk and cena and the two championships which kind of helped link it to last week's show mm-hmm. and the match at SummerSlam and uh, other things and then eventually punk uh, siding with Heyman for a while uh, they just just brilliant television brilliant time in, in in wwe really really well produced matches and segments and just entertaining to watch back i really enjoyed going back through this yeah um yeah so i mean there, there we go then max i suppose that takes us through today's link in the chain we we normally rate all the matches we watch out of 10 um mags after a very very high scoring um match last week where do we put this one uh, again i don't want to be i don't want it to be a 10 because i don't 
I, I don't know if this is the very best match that we'll ever get on here, and I hope it isn't. I hope we always get uh, matches that are kind of out, uh, astound us. Uh, so I'm going to go with Nan. Uh, in terms of wrestling, I've seen better matches, uh, absolutely. But in terms of the atmosphere and the feeling behind the match, uh, I can't go any lower than a nine. No, I agree. I agree. A nine is spot on. The atmosphere does really make it for me. The crowd really does make it. The match, I remember, being honest, looking back, it's more up and down than I remember. It's not a constant... It's not constantly brilliant. There's more sort of peaks and troughs to it i guess good moments bad moments but the atmosphere makes it for me really enjoyed it really enjoyed going back and watching it so yeah for me i agree with you mags i mean who am i to disagree with the, the podcaster of the year anyway <laughs> no for me it's, it's a nine out of ten as well mate i fully agree with you uh should we jump to twitter and, and see what people have been saying yeah because uh, i think um this has as kind of erupted on 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 uh, wrestling twitter but a lot of affection for this match and we've got a lot of uh feedback and uh, and some questions about it so yeah let's jump into it yep okay um first of all thank you to everyone who who has messaged in uh, or tweeted the show with regards to a question or a suggestion uh for the next step where we go from here um first of all someone that, that you know very well mags uh at radio techers um, uh-huh. Do you want to tell everyone listening about, about Radio Techers, mate? A little project of yours? Yes, Radio Techers is a, a, a project that I have with uh, a couple of guys from Headlock Talk, uh, Tanner and Stephen, uh, which is available on this network, uh, Visionaries Global Media. And it's also uh, live on the Shooting the Spots YouTube. We, yeah, we just uh, we, we analyse and watch. Uh, football and that's actual football for you English fans not hand egg as uh, as the, the Americans would call football yeah it's uh, just a good time having uh, a couple of mates and watching uh, a game of footy yeah I can recommend that show and I, I, I enjoy a game of football myself so it's, it's a good listen I recommend it but at Radio Tech has tweeted in um, people quite often ask if Punk is going to return uh, that he he radio techers here is asking should punk return and if so where i mean do we think do we think professional wrestling would be a better place if he returned mags should punk return from that aspect okay so i mean this i can lead into this with my uh, experiences with punk uh personal air support first um oh, so yeah, well, i was going to ask you about this yeah <laughs> yep, please i'm just going to sit back now and, and and let you go on mate please explain what's happened there okay so uh as i said at the beginning of the episode this was well in the ear in the part of my life where i was just not watching wrestling at all so i don't have that kind of uh emotional connection to punk that uh some of my um some of my twitter friends have uh, that's not to say that I dislike him at all. Uh, I don't have any kind of feelings uh, either way towards the guy. But um, I was once um, on Twitter, being uh, being in a conversation and uh, seeing Punk's name come up, and um, someone had highlighted uh, a tweet that he put up, and I found that I was blocked. I couldn't see the tweet, so I couldn't like really give context in the conversation. Uh, but okay. what what baffled me about it was I have never, or not knowingly ever, mentioned CM Punk 
in in my time on on wrestling social media, I've never spoken about CM Punk because I didn't really, like I said, it wasn't part of my wrestling uh, background, so I didn't have that kind of affection for him. Um, so yeah, I, f- I found out I've been blocked by CM Punk for for nothing, I assume, unless I've been involved with a conversation that he doesn't quite lack and he just mass blocked everybody who was involved in that conversation I have no idea but I've never had any personal interactions with him I've never uh, quote tweeted him or replied to him or anything like that but I found that I've been blocked by by good old uh, Phil Brooks CM Punk which is it's doubly ironic because I'm an MMA fan and I've uh, we've watched it we've watched all these MMA fights uh, yeah so it's it's weird that that I've been blocked by uh, the voice of the voiceless yeah, that is a bit strange. I've also oh, been brought back Stone Cold Steve Austin, but that's a, a total of a story. Okay, have we got time for that one now? Do you want to spill the beans <laughs> on that one? Uh, this is probably a little bit less PG than the the uh, the um, punk one, but um, again, this was not my doing. Uh, Stone Cold, one of my my uh, favorite wrestlers of all time. I absolutely adore Stone Cold Steve Austin. But I was involved in a conversation with a uh, visionaries, global media st- uh, star Graham Bagshaw, and a few other people. And the conversation got on to pegging, and uh, somebody uh, tagged Stone Cold Steve Austin in the conversation. So he uh, he blocked a lot of people, uh, and me was was being one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is punk saw that. Maybe, maybe he was not a fun, of, fun of, a fan of pegging. Mm, maybe he was yeah. a fan of pegging, and I offended him on it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> or, or perhaps he, you know, he, he saw this. He scrolled back through your timeline a little bit, trying to get a feel of the person who's putting these tweets out, uh, <laughs> and then got, ups- and then and then read about you know your beans in a bowl and got upset about all that nonsense that you were talking about earlier. Uh, uh, <laughs> maybe that maybe uh, upset. <laughs> Perhaps I've, it's probably more likely that he he's not looked at my profile at all and just seen my face and thought, yeah, block that bitch. <laughs> block that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there we go. You know, little insight into how uh, Mag spends his time when he's not broadcasting, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> anyway, that, that didn't answer the question. <laughs> the, uh, I think the question was, should Punk come back uh, to wrestling? Um and even after all that, and and my, um, what you could you could say I, I, I'm biased, I suppose, with with hatred for Punk, which I'm not. I don't hate him. I think he's a he's an absolutely amazing wrestler. I absolutely believe he should come back. I think he's got way more to give uh, for to the wrestling business. Maybe not so much in terms of in ring, but he's definitely got a, a brilliant man for wrestling. Um, I think he he does need to kind of get over his own. Uh, um, kind of uh, self-importance, maybe. I think it, the wrestling industry burnt him a little bit, and he he, he struggled to get over that. Uh, but yeah, I think he should come back. Um, maybe not to WWE. Maybe to to kind of help the next generation. Uh, I'd like to see him maybe come back to Ring of Honor. Oh, okay, okay, that's interesting. I mean, I. I... Would that do you think that be an option? To me, it, Punk, he's going to be looking. He's financially set for life, I would imagine. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, money's money. The bottom line's the bottom line. Would Ring of Honor be able to give him the the the, the payday and I suppose the exposure he requires? I would probably maybe lean towards no with those questions. 
Um, yeah, perhaps. Uh, but like I said, I think he's financially set and maybe it would be the 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 kind of um how I don't even know how to phrase this. Uh, just the fulfillment of being uh, involved and having uh, having your kind of mindset in in the wrestling world rather than the financial benefit, I suppose. And then if you cut uh, Marty Scurll's, uh contract out, you've got some money to pay him, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we have at Scott WWEF1, uh, Scott Robinson, I believe his name. I've wrote his name yeah. down here. Apologies, Scott. Um, how important do we think that this CM Punk John Cena match was in the context of wrestling in general? How, how big a deal was this? How important was this to the landscape of wrestling at the time? Um, I think, as I've said before, that this was very important. It got me interested again. There's plenty of people I speak to uh, in general, and when I'm when I'm interviewing people or talking to people for my other show, SJP, that site punk and this summer being something that reignited their love for wrestling i think it's i think it's quite important in the context of relaxed fans coming back max what are your thoughts yeah i totally agree i think uh not only was it uh was it important in, in bringing those kind of uh, uh disillusioned wrestling fans who who of i mean like like myself i got disillusioned in about 2006 uh this if I would have uh, seen this at the time, this could have been easily something that dragged me back into wrestling. Uh, I can totally see that mindset. But what I also think it, it does it, it it kind of bridges the gap between the the hot indie scene that was happening around that time and the WWE. Obviously, uh, Punk uh, was was one of the first few from that that really. Uh, that cool crop of, of Ring of Honor that, that slowly fed the WWE system. And I think he, he was like that bridge almost of, of bringing those cool fans back to wrestling after a, quite a few years in, in the doldrums. So, yeah, I think the importance of this match is uh, definitely not something that, that should be uh, overlooked. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Scott also suggests a match with CM Punk and Raven from TNA as the next mm. step in the chain. Interesting. Uh, that's, that's one that doesn't, uh, doesn't ring a bell for me, actually. But, I mean, it's quite interesting as well that we get these suggestions um, and if we don't use them straight away, I, I do actually go and check some of these out because I'll watch any wrestling and some suggestions we get, um, I've, I either can't remember or I've never seen. So, to me, it's great. This is eye-opening to some matches that I, I didn't even know existed before, so it's brilliant. Yeah, much like many of the, the UTT Rob ones where he, uh, he nominates a match that only he has seen. <laughs> well, coming to UTT Rob, actually, it's, it's, it's not <laughs> that obscure in any way, shape, or form this week, mate. Um, first of all, his question, if Punk stays as opposed to disappears uh, in a few years' time from, from this, this moment in the wrestling timeline, who ends up being a bigger draw, do we think? Cena or Punk in the long term? Um, I don't think that we would have gone past Cena being the big draw. He was, historically, if you look through WWE, it's always been McMahon's choice to to who is the head of the table. We had Hogan. We had, when Hogan was ready to leave, it was Warrior. Then it was back to Hogan. We had Austin and The Rock. Uh, these were all guys that Vince handpicked as, as the face of the company. And when a wrestler who is not 
uh, handpicked by Vince as being the person who he wants at the front of his company. He has a, a way of kind of knocking them down a peg or two. Take, for example, uh, Daniel Bryan. The crowd uh, wanted Daniel Bryan as the the guy in wrestling, and we didn't get it. We got it for a little while just to satiate us as fans, but it soon gets to the point where we get the person that Vince wants at the top. Same with Kofi Kingston. The crowd wanted Kofi so much that he got his WrestleMania moment. Not long after the um, that, we're back down to who Vince wants. And I think the same would have happened here. We would have had uh, Punk having his, his moment in the sun, absolutely, but long-term, uh, Vince had his... Uh, Vince had his heart set on on Cena being the guy to carry the company. And to be fair, looking back now with 2020 hours, it was probably the right decision because he, Cena, for all his faults, um, has carried that company for so long on his back. I don't think Punk would have uh, would have been that kind of person. I don't think Punk would have been the person to to live, breathe, bleed, sweat WWE the way that, that John Cena did. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Cena, I think, was always destined to be, I suppose, in a way, the last of the big, big draws. I mean, I don't know how big a draw he was. I mean, he's not obviously at Austin or Hogan level, but when you're looking at the peaks in the business, he had a spell where he was an important draw. His name was on... Uh, on the shows, um, they did better than when he his name was not on the shows. Yeah, absolutely. And I think now WWE's the draw is not the wrestlers at all. It's the company. It's the brand yeah. of WWE. I don't think Vince would want people like the the hearts of the Rocks and the Austins and, into a small a smaller extent, the Cena's because if that's who the fans are gravitating towards when they go or when they get injured those fans drift off. He wants the fans to be WWE fans rather than wrestler X fans almost. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Lesnar makes a difference, doesn't he, to buy rates and uh, TV ratings if he's advertised for a random mm-hmm. episode of Raw or something. So I suppose he is still quite a substantial draw from that aspect. But I, I know what you mean. It's more like the brand yeah. And the same with WrestleMania, isn't it? It's the brand of WrestleMania as opposed to certain matches that McMahon tries to push as the the draw, the moneymaker now, as opposed to back in the day, I guess. Um, UTT Rob's suggestion for the next link in the chain is actually a match from, I think it was SmackDown quite a while back. And mm-hmm. it was um, John Cena's debut against Kurt Angle. And that's, that's a really interesting contest. You, the whole ruthless aggression era very much kicking off there. Yeah, um, so it's a great pick. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And lastly, I suppose we're going to sort of band these two um, tweets in together because these two, these two great intelligent wrestling fans are, are coming up with very similar points. Um, we have our good friend Conrad Newton um, at El Compact Compacto Newt on Twitter, and Mark, who is at Wrestling Jeebus on Twitter, both kind of asked the question of should Cena, sorry, should Punk potentially stayed away a little bit longer than maybe just the two weeks or whatever it was before returning with his championship uh, and potentially have defended it on indie shows or other company shows if possible and then come back and potentially have the rematch and the the culmination of this two champion idea um, being dragged out further and on, on a bigger stage maybe 
do you know they both make uh, absolute sense and the fact that uh, the fact that CM Punk mentioned Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling in that part bond it's a massive missed opportunity for me. Um, it would have uh, this was, and this is a period when uh, WWE had no no real competition. New Japan uh, wasn't as big as it is uh, now or has been over the last couple of years. There was certainly no AEW at the time. Uh, Ring of Honor were, was a footnote. Uh, Impact uh, slash TNA was 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 tiny. So WWE were the only show in town. Uh, and the fact that they were acknowledging uh, companies smaller than them, I think it would have been a brilliant idea to really kind of hammer home the the impact of, of Punk leaving this company with a with the top title and with no contract. I would have had him on indie shows. I would have had him on um, big shows for for other companies. Really, kind of do what Impact and AW are doing right now, where they're working together for the for the betterment of of the wrestling industry. You could have easily um, you could have easily dealt with uh, the likes of New Japan and maybe even got some New Japan talent coming over to to WWE in 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 kind of like com, uh, compensation. But I would have I would have definitely strung this out. For a long, long time, this could have easily led up to a WrestleMania, where we get to the point that Vince is is so kind of uh, pulling his hair out at the fact his his title is being defended in companies that he has no control over. Uh, I think it would have really been uh, this could have been a brilliant long term storyline, but. Vince uh, doesn't do long-term storylines. I mean, it wasn't long before this that we had John Cena being fired uh, because of the Nexus storyline and then coming back and it was Juan Cena a couple of weeks later. So, yeah, the long-term storyline wasn't in WWE's forte there, but how big would it have been to see the likes of Punk on a, a final battle for Ring of Honor or, or a Wrestle Kingdom uh, for for New Japan, it would have been, it would have been amazing. Yeah, definitely. I think it would have made some fantastic television, some fantastic mm-hmm. opportunities. But you know, we're not allowed nice things because because with Vince, Vince McMahon yeah. is a douche. <laughs> <laughs> um, comrade um, there, and also Scott as well, who we uh, whose question we took uh, a little earlier. Both also suggested Punk versus Samoa Joe from uh sorry the second punk joe match from ring of honor as a potential next step in the chain as well which is quite an interesting option yeah, um that kind of definitely. brings us to where we're going to go next then mags um where would we where would you like to go next in the chain where's where's the next step where's the next link mate okay so i think uh i mean i had some ideas uh floating around in my uh, big old noggin but i think some of these are these um, picks from from the the, the listeners and, and our friends on on wrestling Twitter are, are really really good. So I'm actually gonna, even though I've given him some grief, is uh, is uh, watching wrestling that nobody else watches. I'm gonna go with a uh, UTT Rob pick of a uh, Cena and his debut in the ruthless aggression uh, in his match against uh, Kurt Angle. Ah, excellent stuff. His lovely little. Uh shorts and flat top haircut and <laughs> yeah no a good time, good time. <laughs> that, that haircut was horrific <laughs> oh, it 
definitely was. Definitely was. Um, yeah. Okay. So my my selection to go up against that, and I'll um, uh, when this show comes out, obviously as normal, I'll post the poll on the Twitter and I'll uh, link up on the Facebook so people know what the options are. But the poll will always remain on the on Twitter with the dates of the SmackDown as well and so on. Um, to go up against that, I'm, I'm going to do the same. I think Max, I had a few other ideas, um, but I'm going to sort of. Well, actually, no, I'll tell you where I'm going to go. We have John Cena there, who is a multiple-time WWE champion, headlined numerous WrestleManias, very patriotic fella, of course. Um, somebody else who who you can kind of link to that for headlining WrestleManias, being a multiple-time champion, being a very patriotic fella. Don't is you it, fucking dare. Don't you is dare. It's, <laughs> of course, Hulk Hogan. And at WrestleMania 7, Hulk Get Hogan saved the world. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did. I actually thought you'd be serious. Then I thought, "Where's he going with this?" Where? And then you were, <laughs> no. I mean, no. we're gonna have. To, I'm gonna put that up for next week, no matter what. I'm putting that up to get it out of the way because I don't want that sort of Damocles hanging over my head every episode. <laughs> I just think it's funny listening listening to your reaction each time that there's the possibility you, you have to re- you sell it to me every single time that I'm thinking, where's he going here? And then it turns out you're going to be Slaughter versus Hogan, the the match made in hell. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, where I'm really going to go is I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something very similar to yourself. I'm going to go with um, Scott and Conrad's suggestion from Twitter um, of CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, uh, the second contest they have in Ring of Honor. It's available on YouTube. I will. I'm very thankful to Conrad who has sent the link. I will post that up as mm-hmm. well um, if it wins the poll and so on, so people have access to find this match. Um, I'm very intrigued in this because I'll be honest, Max, I don't know if I've ever seen this. Yeah, I've I don't believe. So. I, I don't believe that I have. Uh, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a new one for me. I've, uh, Samoa Joe has always been someone who I've really enjoyed his work, but he's just never got. The the rub in WWE has never kind of reached the hearts that he he kind of should have done. So yeah, it'd be an interesting uh, to to go into this bland almost, not even knowing the context of the match. So mm. yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, again, thank you very much to everybody getting hold of the show and giving us questions and suggestions. Really, really appreciate that. The Absolutely. the options for the poll for the next link, the next step in the chain is John Cena versus Kurt Angle in Cena's debut on SmackDown, or potentially Samoa Joe versus CM Punk 2, I guess, from a Ring of Honor show. Um, Again, thank you hugely to everyone who got in contact. You can contact the show at chain underscore wrestling. Um, You can contact me at SJP Words. Mags, where can people find you, my friend? You can find me at DAJ Kurtberg, where I am a multiple award-winning podcaster come and check my amazing award-winning content out <laughs> wow Podcast feels so grumpy of the world <laughs> and i'm gonna <laughs> leave this show through the crowd waving at simon whilst i take my trophy <laughs> i'm gonna when i go into the editing and, and yeah, all that sort of side of things before i send this off to the network i'm gonna chuck in like Simply the best by Tina Turner underneath us, <laughs> something like that. You know, I'm gonna... <laughs> wow. 
Um, yeah, okay. So I guess all that is left now on this week's episode of Chain Wrestling is to say, yet again, thank you very much for the feedback. We appreciate it. Keep it up, everybody. And from myself and from Mags, the award-winning Mr. Mags, um, I wish everyone listening a happy new year and we'll speak to you next week, I guess. Thanks a lot, Mags. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Ta-da. We're done. We didn't rate it, I don't think. Did we rate it? Oh, bollocks. <laughs> I mean, we can do it now and you can just cut it in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I might just leave this whole bit in. I don't stop fine for a stop yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just leaving the, leaving the oh, bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> <Just leave that. laughs> okay, so... It could be next year's Christmas crackers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, well, we'll do that then, shall we? Um, 